You were so gentle with him. Gentle? Be gentle. My dear Miss Gray, you will discover in time I have a heart of stone. Don't you know that when two people are shut up together and they don't love each other, everything they do becomes hateful just because they do it? Oh, so that's it, is it? You hate me. <laughs> Could be a bloody long episode. <laughs> You'll have to go back and pull clips out of other episodes that we've done Look. before. Look, this isn't Attaboy Clarence, you know, where you can just talk to yourself or pretend you're a dog and everything's fine and everyone loves it. Uh, Suki might take exception to that. I don't pretend I'm anything. Thank you. (laughs) Welcome to all the best lines. Someone had to do it. Smokey's not going to do it because he hates you all. I do. (laughs) I do. Absolutely detest every single one of you. (laughs) We've been sat here staring each other out for 35 minutes now and you know it's you. You. No, it's you. It's you. And there's even been chat talk. I, outdated I'm, insults in there. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, more, I'm more than happy to introduce the episode I am due to introduce. Mm-hmm. You know? Like the next I, one. That's me. I think if everyone goes back and sees the audio record of the shows in the past, they will see that I introduced the last one. But hey, anyway. Yeah. It's my pleasure. Mm-hmm. My pleasure. To introduce mm. this episode to two in a row. Yeah. Welcome to this episode. Two in a row. Such an ass. But yeah, that's fine. But <laughs> uh, yeah, look, all, all I can say is, is uh, this is a much more, uh, well, I mean, considering the, the subject matter, it shouldn't be, but this is a much more jovial intro and <laughs> the way I'm looking forward to what we're about to say. Because <laughs> as, as I pointed out on social media, uh, All Quiet on the Western Front is is really tricky to be upbeat and funny and entertaining about yeah. when, you're, when you're discussing it. I, I think we did rather well. I was um, almost appalled with myself because I was cutting together that first sort of 15 minute preamble. Mm. <laughs> Yes. There's a bit of a bit of never the twain, uh-huh. <laughs> a few gags here and there, you know, a bit yeah. of up where we belong, and then all of a sudden yeah. I remembered the subject matter of the actual show we were talking about. I was like, oh God. <clears throat> yes. Um I hope people took that as a show of two halves. But yeah, it was it, it, I, I very much enjoyed our conversation last time. And it was a, a conversation too. worth having. And every now and then we do need to come down off of that funny grapevine. <laughs> um and Get serious for a minute. I, I like a funny grapevine. Um, no, I agree. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, I, I listened to it back as well. And, uh, you know, throwing in a, a little aside about the, the Oscar winners of the time, I thought was, you know, was pretty damn good. You know, mm. uh, I still think Liam Neeson was robbed a little bit, but still. Yeah, I've sort of, I, I've come I've come around. I, I think Liam Neeson should have got it that year. Ah, good man. <clears throat> since since yeah. this thing, yeah. Actually, that reminds me, something I was reading this morning, you know, when you sort of first wake up and you like made your first cup of tea or something, and then you're just doom, doom scrolling a bit through Twitter mm-hmm. and, and you look and, and like some things are trending and, and you just sort of go, oh, I have no idea why that's trending. And, uh, obviously the Oscars have just happened a few, at time yeah. of recording, it was, it was Sunday. We're now on Wednesday and obviously, uh, everything everywhere all at once, it was the big winner. Mm. Um, which I have no thoughts about either way because I haven't seen it yet. But okay. I have, and I have thoughts, but we'll talk about those in a minute. Go. Right, right, yo. But I, I was, I was shocked because one of the things that was trending this morning was uh, was Green Book, 
And I was like, oh, great. Mm. I was like, I bloody love that movie. I was like, oh, that's good to see it trending. Oh, no, it wasn't. (laughs) Because apparently that film is universally hated, and I had no idea. Really? So I remember at the time there being a lot of controversy about that film. I don't remember that. I I watched it uh, pre-controversy and didn't see it, I think, in the way that most people seem to have seen it in... Since then, uh, you know, many people, I think, use Green Book as an example of what that sort of trope where they say it's like a white savior kind of story. Oh, okay. You know, you know, that's that's the general vibe I seem to get from the social Mm. media rantings I see about that movie. I watched it and I thought it was quite a sweet film about two men who become friends. I didn't you know, really pick up on all of that stuff. And um, I don't whether it was the best film of the year, I can't really remember what else it was up against that year, but I remember watching it and thinking, yeah, it was a nice enough film. But I know the sort of the, the, the scapegoat for Oscar winners over the last 20 years or so, consistently and pop- popularitively, <laughs> whatever that word is, um, it's, all, it's been Crash. Everyone Crash, always yeah. goes on about Crash Everyone being... rags on that film, don't they? The worst, they really do. best picture winner, yeah, yeah, and and granted, that's a lot to do with race as well. So fair dues, but um, I didn't think it was that bad. But I don't think again, I don't think it was the best picture winner. I think Crash. I don't it, think Crash was a bad film. I think it was just the unexpected one that year. Mm, yeah, you know, like, well, like when everyone when uh, Faye Dunaway and um, is it Warren Beatty they, Warren when Beatty, they announced yeah. yeah when they announced La La Land as the winner. Mm. And then it was wrong. It was Moon, Moonlight, Moonlight, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, which I think is a fantastic film. But I remember <clears throat> thinking there was a... What was the upset in that? You know, I think it was because Moonlight was unexpected and, mm. and it took La La Land sort of momentum for that night. I think yeah. people were a little bit like, oh, yeah, well, all right. Um, mm. But yeah, I didn't crack. <laughs> Crash is all right. I can't remember what that was up against either. No. It was, what did you think of, it was fine. Yeah, but, Ooh, the Oscars are always like this, aren't they? You know, yeah. everyone everyone ha- sort of stands in the corner and goes, "These are the best guys this year." And when mm. one of them doesn't get a prize, they yeah. stand there and argue about it for the next twelve months. It's very strange. What did you think of the winners' roster in general of the Oscars that have just passed us in the last few days? Uh, well, I, I mean, it's tricky, isn't it? I mean, I, as I said, I haven't seen the big winner, so mm. I can't really comment on that um i haven't seen the whale so i can't really comment on uh brendan fraser's performance but i'm sure he's very good i mean i i, I liked him you know back in the the 90s <laughs> um airheads <laughs> was a very underrated comedy because i'm a metal fan so i was always gonna like it uh, before adam sandler became really really annoying so you know that's all right and uh but no i i i'm trying to think um we've had this discussion uh between ourselves is that I was not a fan of the Banshees of, of Inisherin, so you know that's that puts me there. What what else was there? I mean, Top Gun. I mean, what? The f- sorry, excuse me. What the hell was that doing in that list? I don't quite know. I mean, this is right. This is the the fundamental issue of of the Oscars nowadays, isn't it? Is is moving it to to ten best pictures? I mean, that's yeah. a ridiculous number. Well, Keep it to five. That- well, that was always it, it was it was ten back in the day, and it got shrunk down five over the years, and it's come back. To Keep 10 it at five. Now, so. Keep it at five. Right. Mm. Do you not? Do you not agree? Well, yeah. I mean, I I, I think I, I don't know. It's almost like when it comes to the best picture, it's almost like I think they've opened it up to ten because then there's more films that can say best picture nominee 
so and so, best picture nominee, sure. so and so. Yeah, yeah. Which which I don't oh, which I don't mind. I think at the at the end of the day, if if you if it's ten or five, there's always going to be a leading pack of films. Anyway, so I don't think it really yes. matters. Mm. There is, there is, yeah. But also is that I, I I don't like the fact that if you're having ten films for best picture, why keep it at five for best director? Surely, if their film, the the director who's made that film, has you know gotten into best picture, surely the director deserves that gong as well, or the nod as well. You know, maybe yeah, um, uh, yeah. I, I well, take yeah. your point. The um, I mean, if you look at what was best picture this year, everything, everywhere, all at once, all quite on the western mm-hmm. front. Avatar, yep. the way of water. Yeah, I mean, ugh. Banshees of Inisherin, <clears throat> Elvis, The Fablemans, Tar. Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness and Women Talking. I'm really happy that films like Triangle of Sadness and Women Talking get a Best Picture nomination because Agreed. they were never going to win, let's be honest, but it's really no. great that when those films, when you see them on the iTunes store or on DVD cover from now on, you mm-hmm. can see Best Picture nominee and I really think that's cool. So I don't really yeah. mind that. Um, yeah. I, do, it, I, 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 I do want to see uh, Women Talking because I like Sarah Polly. I think she's incredibly mm. talented, so I'd like to... Yeah. Uh, I'd like to check it out. I saw that uh, the what was the film she made uh, before uh, Stories We Tell, I think it was called that and I watched that and I thought that was exceptional so mm. I'm very much looking forward to that. But uh, yeah, you're right. It does that's fair. All right. I'll I'll give it that. It but, does give those films that might not have the chance a little bit more of a recognition. It gives them a bit more prestige and a bit more uh, marketability yeah. when it comes to the resale market. Yeah. But things like best director, I mean I don't think you need that so much. Mm. I don't think you need that list opened up. I quite like that Top Gun Maverick was nominated for Best Picture. It was never in a million years going to win, <clears throat> nope. but I think um, I think it's really cool that it did because it was nominated. Because mm. actually, it was probably the most fun I had watching a film in the last year uh, of the oh, new, yeah. you know, batch of movies. It was such a it, great film. I watched it and I was like, "This is just a really good film." And it's nice it, when it, those things. Yeah, are no, it was it was the best remake of Star Wars I've ever seen. Yeah, I couldn't, I can't <laughs> deny it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Absolute yeah. banger of a time I had in that. I liked Elvis when I saw that, and I liked I liked the Fablemans. A lot of people, I was told by many people that I shouldn't like it as much as I did, but I really liked it. Um, why? Really why, liked, why? 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 Uh, I think everyone thought it was a bit too mawkish, a bit too sentimental. I I thought it was really sweet, but then it's I a, think yeah, it's a biopic in in anything but name, isn't it? So. Mm. How that's going to be mawkish and sentimental? That's what yeah, they are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I think I think it was you know the artistry and mm. you know the direction was I thought pretty wonderful. So I, I was a big fan mm. of that. Banshees of Inisherin. I saw it. I must be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I know you're not a fan. I watched yep. it and was not enchanted by it, but mm. I can't seem to forget it. It's a very strange film for me. It's very haunting. And I was very uh, moved by the story and affected by it. Whether it was the best yeah. film or not, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think it deserved to win Best Picture. And I'm sorry it didn't win anything, though. I think yeah, best yeah, that seems a little it. harsh. Yeah, Colin Farrell's fantastic in it. I mean, I love that pair. I love Colin Farrell and I love uh, Brendan Gleeson. They're, they're fantastic and they work so well together, as we've seen in uh, in other films. And and I I like uh, Martin McDonough and I like his previous films too but just something about that film just i, I mean i get i get the artistry mm. of it it looks beautiful and the acting's wonderful by all involved including the donkey and mm. um and so that and that's and that's great but it just for me i i it just didn't do it for me i i thought it but then as anyone who's listened to any of the bloody shows i've done is that 
uh, it was again. It was it was trying to be an art film, and uh, I don't respond well to films trying to be art films. I I find them um, uh, just I, I just find them I find them annoying, and I find them quite uh, quite patronising. So I didn't I didn't go with it. So yeah, I'm the, I'm the same. I'm, I'm not a fan of films that try to be too arty. I just thought this was a very well shot, um, very well placed personal story about two men who fall out and one of them wants to know why and i just i was kind of you know i was thinking how can they build a film around this and i was sat there glued to it for two hours and i do agree that at some points it does tip over into artistry sort of wackiness but Mm -hmm. i did i I think it was i thought it was really good um all quite the western front i haven't seen avatar way of water i haven't seen yet everything everywhere all at once here we go see i watched this i've seen this film twice First mm-hmm. time I watched it, wasn't a fan at all. I, I just I got to about an hour and a half in, and I was like, I can't be bothered with it. I'm just really, <laughs> I just, I'm just, I'm not getting it at all. I just don't know what all the love's about. And then I watched it again, uh, made it all the way through to the end, and I kind of see what the fuss is. I think Michelle okay. Yeoh is oh, yeah. extraordinary in that film. You wait till you see some of the later scenes she has, especially with Kihu Kwan, are. Mm-hmm unbelievable and she totally oh, she's she's incredible actress. yeah yeah but i mean we 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 tend to see her in the west as some kind of action star or um or it's like you know michelle Yeoh from crouching tiger or you know that yeah. kind of thing or mm-hmm. to, from, from james bond mm. whereas i don't think she's really <clears throat> been given i'm sure she has done these roles don't get me wrong it's just that we don't yeah. tend to see them in the west um, okay where she gets a chance to show off her dramatic abilities sure and this is a film i think where she totally does that and mm. her best actress oscar i was so happy she got it because there's, there's a moment towards the end where she has to sort of reflect on the fact that her husband has been a good guy all along and i was watching a making of documentary and it's and the directors basically just said to her all you need to do is look into the camera and imagine your husband as a good guy. And she basically looks into the camera and it's like she's looking into your soul. And wow. she starts crying and she starts sort of like smiling. And I don't know, there's something so magical about it. If she okay. hadn't won Best Actress this year, I would actually, like, I would have bulldozed Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, is, she is by far and away the, the best, uh, is the best acting performance I've seen this year. And Keith was fantastic. Jamie Lee Curtis, I thought that was more of a comedy role, but I'm really glad she's got an Oscar. And I thought mm-hmm. her Oscar speech was the best one of the night. Wasn't it great? Yeah, I, was, I thought she was. You know, it was so it was so touching. Yeah. So I'm really glad it won. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad more for the people that were involved mm-hmm. and what it's done for diversity and what it's done for elevating. You know, because if you'd have told me back in 2000 you know the kid from indiana jones and the temple of doom and you know michelle yo from tomorrow never dies and you know brendan fraser from encino man you know jamie lee curtis from the halloween movies well basically in the future all four of them are going to be the main act oscar winners for a whole year and you you would have gone you would have gone hang on don't 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 forget that the kid from temple of doom is also from encino man as well no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Brendan, all right, you know, but it just it cracks me up because those 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 were like the the knock around, 
Yes, you know, of course. Action comedy, hero horror, genre actors yeah. at the time. But, and you'd the, never the bird from True Lies is going to win an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. In a couple of decades, they're going to be racked up there on the Oscar stage, having their photo taken after a Vanity Fair party, holding yeah. all four main acting Oscars. I would yes. have actively bet against that moment. So it was yeah. quite something for the nostalgic in me to see that happen. Uh, I I completely agree. Yeah, um, as I said, the uh, uh, I, I'm happy as well that Michelle Yeoh won it. Um, she's an incredible actress, but also, you know, from a purely selfish point of view, being a massive fan of Jackie Chan, that if it puts the spotlight more on Police Story Three for Michelle Yeoh in that because she's absolutely <laughs> wonderful in that, then I think that's all good. Yeah, uh, absolutely, absolutely wonderful. Uh, I haven't seen Tar yet, but I've seen the trailer, and I must admit, I'm very intrigued by. It looks, uh, it looks a bizarre film, and I do love Kate Blanchett, so I must mm-hmm. admit, I'm very intrigued by by that. But yeah, it's, it sounds like I've got some film watching to do. Uh, so you know, we're in about three months' time. When I get a spare two hours, I'll, I'll, I'll watch one. <laughs> <laughs> what it is to be too busy. Well, at the moment, all I'm watching is 1950s Hammer. 1940s films for this, <laughs> and and then horror films uh, for uh, for Ray and Age. I've, I've got no time to watch bloody anything else. Yeah, look, I had to get up early this morning to watch the first episode of Ted Lasso because I wasn't going to have any time otherwise. <laughs> I had to get my <laughs> no spoilers, my, please. I haven't seen it yet. I had to get my fix of Lasso this morning. Oh, it's brilliant. Oh, don't you like if you, la, la, la. All I'm going to say is if you like the first two seasons and then the first episode that came out this morning, you'll be very pleased, I think. It was was very good. Although a really weird thing is that Anthony Head um, has decided to use a completely different accent in the third season than he had in the first two. So that's really weird. Um, I I am looking forward to it. I'm a big fan of the first two seasons. I've Mm. seen them both. I've seen both seasons twice, actually. Um, Yeah, yeah. I am... Not a fan of Nate as a character. I don't think anyone is supposed to be. Um, no. And I can tell that some at some point during this third season, he's going to redeem himself. And yes. he's going to somehow come back and it's all going to be okay. And Ted's going to explain to everyone, including us, the viewer, why yep. that's okay. But still, f- that guy. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, can't, I can't agree more. There are certain uh, you characters. Can see, you can see it coming a mile off. It's coming. It's coming. I definitely know it's coming. He's going to redeem himself. He's going to be all right again. But still, <laughs> you, Nate. That's all. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you if you think he's an asshole from what he what he did in the second season, what he does in the first episode of the third season, you're going to hate him even more. <laughs> yeah, this is the problem. I think you can make characters too irredeemable, mm-hmm. um, which I think, unfortunately, they might have done because I don't think anyone is thinking. Come on, Nate, good. Don't think anyone's thinking <laughs> that. I think all they nope. want to see is him fired out of a cannon into the sun. Yep. I don't think anyone. It's a fate less Agreed. Than that for Nate, unfortunately. Agreed. And and I'm a person who. You know, really, really, really does believe that you you reap what you put out into the world. Um, yeah. So I'm always trying to be positive and nice to people. But mm-hmm. Nate, I just can't manage it with Nate. <laughs> I don't care what he does to redeem himself. I still want to drop him into a well. <laughs> <laughs> and, he's, and he's only a little fella, so you'd only need a little bit of water at the bottom as well. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> so I just got that uh, that image of uh, Sting in the in the Simpsons trying to dig Bart out of the well. Sorry, I don't know why. <laughs> I know why. <laughs> You're obsessed with Sting. I don't want, no, no, more obsessed with the Simpsons, <laughs> especially the early Simpsons. <laughs> well, how about we talk about this week's movie then, Smokeython? I think that's a wonderful idea, my friend. Mm. 1944's The Suspect. What a cracking movie. So, do you want to quickly explain the story? I will, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is, I mean, straight off the bat, this is why, I mean, again, show my cards quite early, but this is why this is such a really good film, is it's a really basic story. Mm. I mean... It's it's not it's uh it's not overcomplicated. It's very linear. Is that you you have a man, <laughs> as you normally do, uh, a Philip, played by the lovely Charles Lawton, um, mm. and he's unhappy in his marriage. He comes across a a younger woman who is rather nice and actually seems to love him for himself, whereas his wife doesn't seem to love him at all. She hates him. Um, she? Mm. she doesn't. She just and um and Steve falls in love but once he you know he, he has to admit to his his new love that uh, uh mary played by uh, uh Rain, so that he is married and he do you know what fair play to him he breaks it off he really does mm. but then of course uh his wife finds out and threatens to ruin mary and uh then surprisingly his uh his, his wife, wife just died. suddenly his wife just suddenly dies now did he do it did no. he not this mm. is the genius stroke of this film because his yep. wife dies. That's all yep. we know. We don't mm-hmm. know if he's done it, if she's died. That it's yep. plausible either way. So let's not give out on the ending just yet. But let's mm. just quickly talk about the players in the film. First of all, in the yes. lead role of Philip Marshall, we have mm. the masterful Charles Lawton, oh, who's becoming, I think, so probably, and is going to be one of the heroes mm. of this this podcast what do you think of charles lawton in this movie i mean he's wonderful and and especially after watching him in the big clock as recently as we did uh to see him play a much more sympathetic character uh it was really nice because they're very chalk and cheese aren't they his character in the big clock and and mm-hmm. his character of philip in this the more i see charles lawton and i've i've seen a few films in with him now is that the more i regret that they didn't do a biopic of Lawton and given the role to John Candy. Cause I reckon yeah. he looks so much like him. And if you watch JFK, you see how well John Candy handles a serious role when all of his, you know, other comedic ones. And I reckon, you know, I think it's such a missed opportunity. They didn't give it to John Candy, but that's by the by. Um, Lawton's wonderful. He's absolutely wonderful. And I would say in any other film, he would be the standout performer, mm-hmm. but he comes personally. He comes second fiddle to his wife, he, uh, to Rosalind uh, Ivan. Mm-hmm. She is horrible, but my God, what a performance! Now, you and I are both extraordinarily large fans of the Sherlock Holmes series starring Basil Rathbone and Nigel Bruce, as I know many of our close acquaintances and friends and loved ones are as well. Yep. Now, mm-hmm. Rosalind Ivan, for those of you who might not know her, if you're a fan of the Sherlock Holmes films, you will know her as um, the sort of shrieking 
say sort of maiden aunt figure in pursuit to Algiers, which is one of the the films in which she Agatha Dunham. Agatha Dunham. <laughs> she appears and she, she has this catchphrase of uh, Ducky. She calls people Ducky. She, she says, Are "You coming out on the on the on the balcony, Ducky?" Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, it's a very well written piece because at the beginning of the film, I'm just going to quickly take like a side road into Sherlock Holmes. Go. In Pursuit to Algiers, it begins with a, like a 10 minute sequence in which Holmes and Watson are walking along the street and they're subtly given clues by this seemingly such conglomerate. A good opening. <laughs> it's, it's a great scene. They, they're directed to a chip shop and in the chip shop they're given an address through the menu and the newspaper and they turn up at this address and they're eventually they eventually meet the people who are trying to hire them and there's this mission thing. Mm. But in the chip shop, if you watch, there's a lady of the night, should we say, that yes. appears next to Watson and she says, hello, ducky. And she sort of propositions him and he moves away. And then she, the camera sort of stays on her and you see this kind of, why is it staying on her? Later on, you get to mm. Agatha Dunham on the boat and she starts using the word ducky. And you think to yourself, mm. hang on a minute. Is, is she something to do with this plot? Is she some kind of villain? It's so well written. It's so well layered. Everyone writes yeah. off Pursuit to Algiers. Are they wrong, Smokey? Pursuit to Algiers, one of the best Sherlock Holmes outings. They are massively wrong. I think it's a wonderful film. Um, it, it, it's one of my favourite of the mm. of the Rathbone and Bruce uh, Sherlock uh, uh, series. I, I, yeah, it's so good. And the the uh, direction of it uh, i mean the camera work of it is is stupendously good in mm-hmm. that um so many plot uh, devices happen through the use of a porthole mm-hmm. and <laughs> when can you ever say that and um and it's, it's wonderful great. and and i always remember i always remember before i even saw the film obviously listening to your show about um about sherlock about those uh, mm-hmm. series of films and but also you telling me in person was that you need to watch out for Nigel Bruce's performance when he finds out that Sherlock dies, and mm. I was like, "All right, fair dues." And and I've watched that film I think three or four times now, and it gets me every time. It's mm. such a great mm. performance. When we when we did uh, the Pearl of Death, uh, however long ago that was, and and I was kind of. I was not the biggest Nigel Nigel Bruce fan. I, I, I will change that. Sorry, I was not the biggest fan of his what he was given to do as his Watson, style of what because yeah yeah exactly. I I wasn't the biggest fan, but now having watched these films, I've watched all of them now. I've seen them all some multiple times, and I've fallen madly in love with Nigel Bruce, and mm-hmm. I've fallen madly in love with his portrayal of Watson. I think it's a brilliant performance mm. and um yeah procedural algiers is is absolutely uh it's it's, it's brilliant well fantastic mm. sherlock film it's a very late entry into the series and i agree with you because everyone <clears throat> writes off uh watson uh nigel bruce's watson as not faithful to the character too bumbling too you know too comedic i yeah. think to have taken that character and to have said right for the entire run of this film series we're going to ask you to give us a different take on Conan yeah. Doyle's character and he did it and he did it consistently it's, yeah. you don't have to love it don't get me wrong if you want the purest mm-hmm. version of Watson you can always look at the Jeremy Brett series and see the Edward, Edward Hardwick version you can always read the stories and see you know yeah. Conan Doyle's original or you can say to yourself do I want a more lovable Watson and you can mm-hmm. take the Rathbone Bruce series and you can see yeah. it that way so I don't think there's anything wrong with um, Bruce's 
uh, portrayal. I think it's you know, no. there's something nice and lovable and warm about it. I'm trying to wrap my brain. I can't remember which one it is. It may be the voice of terror, or it may be a different one. Oh, damn it. I can't remember now. But there, there is one of one in that series, especially, where I know we're supposed to be talking about the suspect, but we'll get back know, there right. in a minute. We'll get back to it. But um, who cares? We'll get there. It's our show. I don't care. <laughs> um, we, uh, where uh, Rathbone Sherlock is so horrible to Watson throughout the entire film. He puts down everything he says. He basically calls him stupid and and things like that. I, I, it might be the voice of terror. I can't remember. This is going to bug me. But he's so... You know, whereas in the other some of the other films, he's he's more sort of, oh, oh, my good fellow. Oh, I couldn't do it without you kind of thing. But in one of them, he's just so trod upon where if you watch it, you can't help but be on... Watson's side mm-hmm. on Nigel Bruce's side because he deserves your your respect and your love, and he's just not getting it from his quote unquote best mate. Mm-hmm. And that for me, what whichever film that was, I, I forgive forgive me for not remembering is is the re, is the main reason why I fell for Nigel Bruce's Watson. Um, yeah, it, it's a remarkable performance. He doesn't falter even in the face of Holmes's no. sniping no. sort of you know no. not villainy but you know uh, misanthropic. No. Nature, yeah, should we say? But, yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, like you say, we're getting way <laughs> off track. All I want to point out was, <laughs> was, point out was Rosalind Niven is probably most famous for this role in 1944's *A Suspect* and as Agatha Dunham in *Possessed*. Yes. So, if well, you... then, well, then let me let me ask you that question. Then, do you, do you agree with me that um, she pushes uh, Charles Lawton into into second place with her performance in this? She is phenomenal in this film. Yes, well, I think Charles Lawton. Uh, Crikey! I, <laughs> I I I don't think there's a bad performance in this film. Let me just quickly say: I think Ella Raines is perfect. Oh no! I think oh, I think, oh, yeah, I think Rosalind Ivan is beyond perfect. I think Charles Lawton. It's very rare to see him play restrained, henpecked, yes, and perhaps a murderer, but keeping it simmering underneath a sort of an enigmatic shell. I think that's a, a wonderful touch for Charles Lawton. Stanley Ridges as the Scotland Yard. I don't think Stanley Ridges has ever given a bad performance in any movie. If you've ever seen the film Black Friday from 1940, Stanley Ridges is up against Bela Lugosi and Boris Karloff and Mm -hmm. outshines both guys, even though they're in a universal horror film. It's an extraordinary, it's an extraordinary feat to have achieved that. So um, I think Stanley Ridges is probably my standout in this. Oh, oh, fair news. All right, fair enough. I'm just, I'm just seeing if I've seen Black Friday. I don't think I have, but, um, but I've seen him in uh, To Be or Not to Be, and uh, and also Crime, Crime, uh, Crime Without Passion as well. So uh, mm. I have seen him in a few things. Uh, but also, I hate to go back to it, but uh, another Sherlock alum is uh, Henry Daniel, who <laughs> oh, once, once, once was Moriarty and then wasn't mm-hmm. in two other films. <laughs> it, you know what? I'm going to revise my. Um... Revise my ranking. I think Henry Daniel is the star. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have to. You've forgotten about him, haven't you? He, <laughs> I was aware he was in it, but I was just like, actually, what am I doing? Henry Daniel's turn as the cad. You know, he was always the best kind of cad in any kind of movie, but in this, yeah. he is particularly oily and particularly magnetic. And I, I, I think he's perfect. Anyway, I, I we should think, probably I describe we'll, the story. I think we'll stick. I think we'll stick though with. It's an amazing cast. Mm, it's, incredible it's, cast. It's so good. Flawless, e- everyone's flawless. fantastic. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But as I said, though, at the, at the start of this uh, lengthy uh, opening uh, to, to this film, is that it's such a simple premise. 
So mm. you've got a henpeck guy. His wife dies in possibly mysterious circumstances, mm-hmm. leaving him open to reconnect with his someone he fell in love with, get married, live happily ever after. Doesn't quite mm. work out that way, but no. you know it's so simple. Mm. How how has this not been remade? I know a billion times. Right? I- I mean, I think the first... I think I'm right in saying that the first time you saw this film was at the film festival. Um, yes. From last year. So mm-hmm. we put it on, and it was quite late in the day, and I think everyone was a little bit like, you know, we've seen eight films already, and we're a little bit, you know, <laughs> it's tea time, and... You'd I was seen expecting 27. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was expecting everyone to sort of drift away during this film, but instead mm. the, the reaction was completely the opposite. Everyone was absolutely glued to this yes and it and and i think that um you have such a simple plot he's a very henpecked very worn down husband he has this kind of shrewish wife who's mm-hmm. awful to him and oh, not yeah. just him but his son as well the, their son oh yeah it's not yeah um she's driven i mean that's the how the film away. opens isn't it yeah, drive. Yeah, the son's leaving home because he can't stand yeah. his mother anymore. I yeah. mean, that's a kind of a brave opening for a nineteen forty-four really film when you know family was the thing. You know, family mm. family was the the American ideal, yeah. and you have this American film mm. where um, a family is in the in the disintegrating phase. Well, Mister Philip Marshall, what a privilege it is to see you home at last. What's the cab for, Cora? What did you think? Penny bus is good enough for me whenever I get a minute off from slaving and digging in this house. Did John send for that cab? That is a button, aren't you? That's just what young Hopeful did. He's clearing out bag and baggage, a selfish, ungrateful, good-for-nothing. What did you do to him? What did I do to him? <laughs> That's right. Put the blame on me. All I did was to bring him into the world, nurse him, make myself a doormat for him to walk on. Go on, go to him, and tell him from me that when he leaves his house, he needn't think he could come crawling back, deserting his own mother. Well, son. I'm sorry, Dan. Leaving? Well, it was bound to come. I'd stick it out here on your account. What happened? She was at me all day to mend the kitchen sink. I just couldn't take the time. It, it, it's been a race at the office, you know. There's not a chap there wouldn't give his right arm for that Canadian job. I know. Well, I've been doing some extra work on my own time. Cost estimates. I thought it might give me a leg up. Mm-hmm. She got into one of her rages, and before I could stop her, 20 pages. A whole week's work. Should be a place to stay? Mm, I'll stay at Jimmy Estabrook's. I'm sorry, boy. Can't be helped. Allow me. Uh, no, no, thank you. Let me have your address at Jimmy's. I'll keep in touch with you, Dad. First bank holiday, maybe, if you're not too busy. Well, that's step point. Right. Spend the day at market, perhaps, or go on the river. I'd like that, Dad. Pity this house isn't good enough for you. Goodbye, Mother. Goodbye, Mother, you mealy-mouthed hypocrite. Two of a kind, that's what you are. So... He's desperately unhappy, and he meets Ella Raines. <laughs> I say everyone finds, you know, Ella Raines probably the most beautiful woman who's ever been born, um, and Charles Lawton, who's, <laughs> you know, who's not. <laughs> back in Notre Dame, um, but they fall in love. And but I have to say, it's one of those things when you first see them sort of connecting, you think, no yeah. way is she, you know, what's what's he doing with her? But the more they do connect the more realistic it becomes. It's a very well-written script because you can totally believe that she's, you know, she's incredible to look at. It doesn't mean that she doesn't 
she's going to go off with some himbo. She's just drawn to him because he's a very nice, you know, a very very gentle, very intelligent, (laughs) quiet... What? I haven't had that term in a long time, sorry. (laughs) That took me by surprise. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. But, I mean... (laughs) Dear me. Um, But it's... (laughs) It's it's markably different though, um, mm. their relationship to to some sort of you know, and and right rightly so. There's a lot of talk about it these days. And when looking back to films of the past, and not too long in the past either, there was a lot of it in the eighties and nineties as well, of the leading man being in his late fifties and the leading woman being in her mid twenties. You know, there was mm. a lot of that, and there probably still is. It's probably just films we don't watch. <laughs> um, but when it comes to uh, Charles Lawton and Ella Rain, that, that I, I'm with you. It's believable because mm, it's incredible, but because, it's believable. Yeah, the the scene that comes to mind that helps it or describes it best is there's a scene where she has bought a new swimsuit and she's modelling it for him to see if it's acceptable. And it's you know, worth of course, just quickly saying this is set sure. in Victorian times. Yes, yes, yes. 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 So when we say Absolutely. swimsuit, we don't mean bikini. We mean no, no, you no. know, full. <laughs> I, I I was literally gonna uh, clarify that by saying she when she has it on, she looks a little bit like little Bo Peep. So that gives you an idea of how you know covering this is. And she does bless her, say to him, "Oh no, is this too revealing?" And it's like, "Oh yes, you're showing far too much ankle, <laughs> you know, far too much neck." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's that you need to separate the reality from the from the time period but um but what makes that scene work is he's there you know he's sat on the bed and she's modeling it for him and he's just looking at her with such admiration of and but he's kind of toying with her he's kind of playing in a nice way he's kind of playing with her a little bit and sort of going oh well i don't know kind of thing and then he's just but then he's just saying well you're so beautiful you could carry off you know you can pull it off any you know anything you wear mm-hmm. and that's that for me is what makes their relationship work it how how it uh shows it for the audience is that this is love and yeah she is lit she really wants his opinion mm. and it's not because she wants to be scandalous i mean we've seen a you know a hundred other uh, other films where the woman would just go oh i don't care what you think i'm going to wear this anyway and if he was henpecked, then he would just sort of go, oh, okay, I can't do anything about it, can I? But he doesn't, and she doesn't. And that's, and I, I love that scene. Darling, it's me. Mm-hmm. You nearly ready? Mm-hmm. The packers are here, and they're waiting downstairs. And I've got to go, or I shall be late at the office. But wait a moment. I've got something to show you. What is it? Oh, dear. It's the very latest thing, you know. It's a bit startling at first. Do you think it's too revealing? Well... Uh, but if it isn't quite ladylike, I shan't wear it. My darling, anything you wear would become ladylike the moment you put it on. Oh, Philip, you're an angel. I did so want to wear it. Come along, or you're going to be late. What a shame you can't come with us. I'll be down by the first train tomorrow morning. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. 
It's an interesting twist because this is directed by Robert Zodmack and he was mm. a master of noir cinema, you know, uh. the killers and everything. So when you see a young, beautiful woman fall in love yep. with an older, you know, should we say shy man? Yeah. That's the best way of describing him. You automatically think that she's out for something. She's she's trying to get him to after do something. She's, trying to, she's yeah. after his fortune. You know, yep. She's going to set up this killing, whatever. You know, it's always that kind of presupposition yeah. we come to noir cinema Femme with, fatale, and it's, yeah. yeah and this is a noir film it's worth mm-hmm. saying that from the outset it's it, this is a noir it's just set in mm-hmm. victorian times it's totally got all the noir elements in it so when we see it we're, we're a little bit suspicious i would say of ella Rains. but the mm-hmm. more the story plays out the more the more you realize that she's okay she's mm-hmm. a character to root for um yes. so when we see Rosalind Ivan's wife character find mm. out about their friendship and it is a friendship because it's very chaste he walks yes. her home he takes her out for dinner he's just they've just become really good friends and he connects with her because he's missing the you know the love the yeah. uh, sort of compassion that he's supposed to get from his wife but he's been denied she, because mm-hmm. she's such an awful person so he <laughs> yeah. finds it in Ella Rain's and they fall in love, but they don't really kind of admit it to each other. They're just, no. you know, I absolutely adore you, and I want to spend mm-hmm. all my time with you. I am unfortunately married, um, but I will be the best friend you've ever had. And yeah. they have this... The, the first act of this film is the sweetest relationship. It's the, they fall for each other, but they can't take it any mm. further than a friendship because... And their chemistry is amazing. Because of their position. Yeah, it really is. It's such a... Mm. I mean, God, what a script. Anyway, yeah, so- I, 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 no, no. I, I, two things there I, I, I wanted to point out because it's absolutely right. Uh, one is so it's a scene where Philip has broken it off with Mary. Okay, he's he's <laughs> admitted he's married, and he's saying, "Well, my wife won't give me a divorce; she just won't have it." Because obviously they were very rare at that time, and it was it. Oh, what will the neighbors say? Mm. Type thing. Yeah, and what reinforces what a shrew his wife is. Is he goes home and he's putting up Christmas decorations, and all he's she can do to make the best of the life he's stuck with, isn't he? Yeah. Yes, and all she can do is mock him. Mm. That's it. And I mean, if you, I mean, you know, even if you're not a fan of Christmas like me, that but mm. you can still see that's the most pure, nice thing he's trying to do. As you say, he's trying to make the best of it, and he's hanging Christmas decorations, and he's saying, "Look." we can have this life and be civil to each other, even if we don't love yeah. each other. And she just rains down insult after insult. And it's, mm. again, it's a a pivotal scene of why this woman is so horrible. Mm. And it's, and it's, it's electric watching the interplay between the two of them is, is it's, wonderful. It's brilliant because she's so venomous and he is yeah. just, he he's become immune to this poison that she just, constantly pours into him but he's yeah. he's like you know this is the life i'm stuck with we live in times where i can't free myself from you so yeah. for goodness sake please can we have christmas off please just give me a day where we can yeah. be be human beings and connect with each other and mm-hmm. she can't even give him that and yeah. uh, it's heartbreaking and he's the, really? you know he's as I say, he's not a matinee idol. He's an overweight, no. middle-aged man who's just come to the end of his, you know, this is it. This is my lot in life. And I think the yeah. the chance meeting with this young, beautiful girl who really is in love with him, it, he's done the honourable thing and he's pushed her aside. 
because of the position he's stuck in. But it, you know, he's like, God, I've done this. I've I've broken my heart again for you. Mm-hmm. Just give me this. Just give me Christmas. It's um, she won't. it's brilliant. No. Is that you, Cora? Wes? Come in, I've got something to show you. Well. Merry Christmas. Mm. Do you like it? It's a fair treat with candles, tuppence a dozen. Couldn't you find a better way to waste your money? Christmas comes but once a year. Oh, did you think that up all for yourself? What a mind you have. I think I put this in here. Yes, look lovely. And where will you hang the mistletoe? I didn't get any. What? No mistletoe? Aren't you going to kiss me under the mistletoe? You could shut your eyes, you know, and pretend I was somebody else. There's no one else, Cora. No, just our two selves. Darby and Joan, going down the hill of life together. That's quite true, Cora. And wouldn't it be better if we tried to make things a little pleasanter for one another and tried to make this a little bit more like home? Doing your best, aren't you, love? No more evenings at the pub, no more office work to keep you late in the city. A real little family man. You'll help a bit, won't you? There's no place like home, is there now? Since that creature threw you out. What are you talking about? The hussy you were gallivanting after, that's what. Don't tell me there was no such person. There is no such person, Cora, believe me. That's right, turn tail and run. I don't wonder you can't look me in the face with a line like that on your lips. No such person, indeed. You're wrong, Cora. Am I? Then what are you staring like that for? Maybe you're asking yourself how much I know. Yeah, no, it's it, it's Armageddon inside a human heart. It's, <laughs> it's awful, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. It really is. But also, what uh, the, the my other point was was that the opening, as you mentioned, the opening of the film, and you have this this you know this uh, very, as you say brave way of opening a film of you know their grown son moving out who ha- and they show you straight away that he has a wonderful mm. relationship with his dad. Mm. Uh, a venomous, uh, toxic relationship with his mother. Can't stand and, it, yeah. Yeah. Well, Trying to convince his seem... dad to, to get away yeah. as well. <laughs> and she doesn't <laughs> seem to like her son either. So let's, you know, it's, it's a big, you know, it's, it's, yeah. there's a button of heads there. But what it does masterfully is it, it then transitions to showing Charles Lawton at work and he's berating his sort of delivery boy. Now, you could easily have gone the way of his character in the big clock and show him being an absolute to this child of you know reprimanding him for any little thing exactly and that's kind of how the scene starts granted it very deftly and swiftly moves into showing that he's having a little bit of fun he doesn't really mean it he's being stern but he's being fair and he's being kind and that's that's the difference right there right at the beginning of the film because you could be ready to hate charles lawton for being the way he is until you realize like ah it's good natured it's it's got a he's got a heart and and that's a lovely way of opening this film because you want him to succeed straight away from that you know this little lad who you know Okay, he misplaced some money, but yeah, yeah. This little through line with with that with that boy, mm. it doesn't it doesn't just end with this scene. It's great; it's, no. it carries on yeah. throughout the film, and um, it almost shows that he does have a moral compass. He does have a moral mm. center. Uh, Charles Absolutely. character. Yeah. Um, basically, what happens is <clears throat> Cora, his wife, 
um, Rosalind Ivan. She says, I found out about your friendship with Mary, played by yeah. Ella Raines. Um, and just to be cruel, just to be cruel, I know you've broken off with her, but just yeah. to be cruel, I'm going to destroy her life. And this girl is not anyone who's ever tried to hurt anyone. She's just trying to make her way in the world. She's, you know, she, she doesn't have money, just yeah. trying to make each day count, basically. And he is appalled by Cora's cruelty, I think. Again, it's the ba- venom. It's, yeah, it's the, just so far. It just proves her to be this absolute, just just a cancerous kind of human being. But basically what happens is <clears throat> we then cut to her going to bed and then shortly afterwards she has died. And um, yeah. we don't know how she's died. All we know is she's fallen down the stairs. And um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny you mention that about the the sort of the cancerous side of it, of her personality, because if you if you look at it in that we meet the Packer family later, yeah, and Mister Packer is constantly pessimistic. You know, mm. everything you do, oh, it's a risk to your life, or you, oh, you drink that, you're going to die. If you eat that, it's bad for you. You're going to die. That's a sort of moral pessimism. But when it comes to Philip's wife, that's it's, that's not pessimism. That's as I said, that's venom. And there's a big, big difference between being negative about something and then being vicious about something. So where, mm. whereas Mister Packer is just a negative man. He doesn't. He never says anything positive. It's all you know. Oh, what does he yeah. say? Oh, oh, we can't eat. We can't eat sandwiches because it's two thirds bread, and that's going to be heavy on the stomach. <laughs> you know, that's just that's just a worrying Nelly, and so fair dues. Mm. But when it when it comes to Cora, it's you are going to do my bidding, or I'm going to rain hell down on you. Mm. That I mean, and that's that's such a both negative outlooks on life, but one is much more savage than the other. Yeah. And it's played out so impressively well mm. that that when she does die again, whether she's murdered or not, who knows, but it's such a relief. <laughs> <laughs> we feel the relief that yeah. she's not in the story anymore because she's such an awful, awful, awful yeah. person. She's like, imagine the sunlight is the only light you have in this yeah. film. She is the cloud that makes you unable to see the corners of the screen. She's awful, she awful, just... awful person. Yeah. Basically again, what happens... just such a stupendous performance. Yeah, I mean, she's incredible. <laughs> Rosalind yeah. I, I mean, to have, to have said, yes, I'll take that part, and to have given it such venom is... You know, very brave and very, very mm. to be commended. Absolutely. Inspector Huxley, played by Stanley Ridges of Scotland Yard, he immediately thinks that Charles Lawton has murdered his wife. And so mm. he is that, I would say, that kind of Columbo character, the one that sticks mm. to the man he believes is guilty yep. and um, keeps popping up when he's not wanted to ask him another question or just one more thing, just one more thing kind of thing. Yeah. And, and Charles Lawton is. <laughs> he's trying to get on with his life um, and one of those things that he's trying to get on with is the romance with Mary which he has rekindled in fact very shortly after Cora's death he and Mary are married and trying to enjoy some kind of normality now it's yeah. worth just mentioning quickly mm. we we have another 
couple of characters we need to talk about. The neighbours. Yes. M- Molly Lamont and Henry Daniel as Gilbert Simmons and Mrs. Edith Simmons. Yes. Now, Mrs. Edith Simmons, I would say, is <laughs> one of those characters that you, you sort of see but do not observe at the beginning mm-hmm. of the film. She yep. comes home. She always passes Charles Lawton's character on the street. They're very friendly. She's an extraordinarily nice woman. Mm-hmm. Every now and then, she seems to be hiding some kind of heartache. And yep. I, I think at least on one occasion, she's also hiding something of a bruise. Um, yes. I don't think it's any secret that Gilbert, played by Henry Daniel, the oily and great mm. Moriarty Henry Daniel, <laughs> has been knocking his wife around. And yep. he is an appalling, appalling lizard of a man. Uh, he really or is. She is. She is... You know, a, a lovely, she's trying lovely, to make right? the best yeah. of it human being. She's very much a mirror image of Charles Lawton's character. Mm. You know, she's she's stuck with this guy, and but she's yep. trying to make the best of it because that's what you do in Victorian society. Yeah. Agreed, agreed. I mean, a lesser route that the film could have taken, I mean, mm. take Mary out of the picture altogether and you would have had, he's mm. got an abusive wife, she's got an abusive husband. Yeah. Oh, look. Here we go. Mm. You know, that would have been a that would have been a kind of That would have been the conventional no- route, wouldn't it? Yeah. A noirish rom com meat cute, <laughs> if you will, <laughs> would have been oh look, she's tending to her garden, which mm. he sees her doing, and he goes to chat to her and she's very nice and he's very nice. And oh look, sparks fly. It's like a that Victorian would have been- strangers on a train. Let's swap murders. <laughs> yeah, kind of, sort of. Strangers on a locomotive. <laughs> Strangers on a throw mama from the... Tra- no, no, that wouldn't work. But, um, no, I get what you mean. But it, that would have been... I mean, don't get me wrong. You could still make a film like that now. Of, you know, two people of domestic violence or emotional uh, abuse kind of come together that that works i'm sure it's been done nothing's mm. springing to mind at the moment but i'm sure it has but yeah uh it's it's a wonderful uh dynamic because they uh, uh both households reference the fact that the walls are very thin mm. and yeah. so uh philip has no they both know each other's business don't they th- Yes, exactly. And so Philip and Cora have their issues of arguing. I think, did he say on New Year's Eve? I think he said they were arguing, or maybe Christmas, I can't remember. But, um, and so he says, Oh, well, I can hear you through the walls. And he's like, Yeah, but, uh, there's a scene when, uh, he joins Philip, uh, in, the, in, the, in a restaurant and, uh, and he sits down with him and he sort of, and he sort of says, Oh, can I join you? And he, but his reaction is sort of like, Oh, do you have to? Because you kind of yeah, re- I've, anywhere near you repel me. Hello, Marshal. May I sit down? I suppose so. Thanks. And since you pressed me, I'll have a spot of whiskey. Give me a double whiskey and soda, please, miss. Yes, sir. Margaret, forget that cherry tart. Yes, sir. Don't tell me I've spoiled your appetite. Well, since you pressed me, you have. Oh, that's too bad. You, um, you aren't irresistibly drawn to me, are you? No. I'm not. Good. Give me a blunt, honest fellow every time. Well, he has to laugh grown cold. What is it you want from me? If it's money, you're not going to get me, at least not till you've changed your ways. <laughs> Sounds as if I was up before judge. What's the charge? I saw your wife this morning. Oh. So that's it. Well, wives get tiresome at times, you know. I know this. You've got to stop knocking her about. You know, it's easy for you to talk. You've got a nice new wife. 
And a very pretty one, too, if I may say so. All beer and skittles now, isn't it? I'm very happy, if that's what you mean. It is, and by the same token, I'm not. It's your own fault. You had every chance, and you made a mess of things. I quite agree with you. But it so happens that I'm a rotter by nature. Complete rotter. Why can't you get a hold of yourself? You're still young, and you have a charming wife. And no money. By the way, you couldn't see your way to let me have a fiver, could you? Just until my wife's allowance comes to you? No, I could not. Not a brass farthing. At least not till you pull yourself together and go to work. Work? My dear Marshal, work is for working men. Here. This will pay for your drink. Thanks, shopkeeper. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. so, um... Lawton is very aware of what Danielle is doing to his wife. Yeah. Because yeah. of the... Well, he, he tells him. He says, I know yeah. you're knocking around your missus. Yeah, I don't like it. I think you're an appalling human being. Get away from me. Yeah. But the the flip side of that is Gilbert, played by Henry Danielle, has also heard things through the wall. Um, or so has he, he comes to Lawton. <laughs> or has he? Yeah. So uh, this is what I love about this film. It's very ambiguous. Yeah. It really is. You, you don't see a death happening you just hear about it afterwards so everything you're hearing is either secondhand it's up for you to decide now this is a film where you do get to make your own mind up about things mm. even to the end i i would say because <laughs> we'll get to the end in a minute yeah. but basically gilbert yeah, yeah. comes to um, um henry daniel comes to charles lawton and says you killed your wife mm. i was listening through the walls that night um yep. and so i want this amount of money or i'm going to tell the police Stanley Riches. So all of yep. a sudden, Charles Lawton has two people on his tail. He has the police inspector, who's convinced mm-hmm. that he murdered his wife, and you have Gilbert, yep. who's going to tell the police inspector that he heard something. So, um, well, do you want to do you want to talk about what um, Lawton does to Danielle? I, I will, I will. Uh, but uh, something I, I would like to mention because you just reminded me, and I meant to mention it earlier, was the scene where the inspector comes to talk to Charles Lawton to sort of say, oh, well, you know, I'm just following up. I'd like to see the scene where she fell down the stairs and, you know, bonked her head and whatnot. And the way that scene is shot is Masterful. genius, mm, isn't it? Isn't I it? mean, yeah. the the way of using the light and the shadows and then also using what I can only assume is is the that actor of of going up and down the stairs of him trying to act it out. But you'd never see his face, so you don't know. It could be bloody anyone. Mm. But... Mm. It's such a wonderful way of him describing what's in his mind. I mean, he could have just sat down on an armchair and said, here's what I think happens, and just mm. watch him talk. All right, fair enough. It's, it would still get the job done. But the uh, the artistic flourish that they put in here to show you what's in his head is so damn clever. It's so I was, inventive. Yeah. I, was so tra- I was transfixed by that scene. I was like, this is genius. It's 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 yeah it's a mind blowing scene. Um, there's no point putting a bloody clip in because you can't see what it's happening. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's basically Stanley Bridges walking up and uh, walking up the stairs and talking to Lawton at the same time and mm. telling him exactly the the, the 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 hypothesis he has and it's, it's incredible. incredible to watch. Yeah, really really mm. clever. Mm. But going back to what what you said was that that yeah the the Philip. Um, is being blackmailed by Gilbert, and uh, and he wants him to to get him a drink, and so he does. But he also adds uh, a little bit of a uh, what was it uh, in Father Ted uh, sleepy sleepy nighty snoozy snooze or whatever it was called. <laughs> he puts he puts that in his drink, mm. and uh, and just watching him 
being cocky and trying to blackmail him while also passing out mm. is a wonderful performance. It's so good. But it's also Lawton watching him, wide-eyed, yeah. and going, mm. not quite sure what's going to happen to are, him. Are we watching Lawton commit his first or second murder? But he's definitely committing a murder. And the the genius stroke of it is that we don't get some dissolve shot after he's died. Mm. Um, we get the family arriving home within moments of Danielle expiring on the ship. And you okay. uh, instantly uh, thinking, uh, hang, hang on, hang hell? on. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I'm going to challenge that slightly. Mm-hmm. Is that is that what he, what he for, for want of a better term, what he poisons it with or what he laces his drink with? If you just class it as something to knock him out, it's it's still ambiguous. He might not be dead. Okay. Yeah. I'm just saying, he might not be dead at that moment. But obviously, granted, <laughs> he then obvious. shoves him behind the sofa. <laughs> but, but but what Siob Mac does with it is genius. He doesn't he doesn't you know have have the body just hoofed out the window and then life goes on. He, yeah. he, you know, we have a body in a room, and a yeah. family have arrived home. What the hell yeah. does he do with it? And I'm, I'm not going to spoil it. <laughs> it. It's brilliant. You know, he has to hide the body, and there's this yeah. whole sort of five ten minute sequence where mm. any one of these people, including you know, <gasps> Mister Packer, who you just mentioned, yeah. could be finding the body at any moment. Because even just, we, yeah. as the audience, don't know where the body is. We just know it's in this room somewhere, and that's the genius stroke. Because we're watching. <laughs> we're, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have an inkling, but you're like, oh crap, where is this body? <laughs> it's, it's a but, really clever touch. But also, what what's great about that scene is, and I love that we get to use this term, is the MacGuffin of mm. the. He's dropped his keys. Mm. So the body's been <laughs> hidden away, but his keys are on the floor. And the cat is just prodding away at the keys. And it's like, oh, yeah. no, this is what's going to give him away. <laughs> Lo and behold, Mr. Packard just goes, oh, I've got keys here. I've just found them on the floor. And he goes, oh, just put them in my pocket, will you? And he just drops them in. That's it. MacGuffin, gone. Mm. And it was like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> you never thought you'd punch the air after a, a murder suspect. <laughs> you know, murder-hiding body scene. No. Amazing. But, right, all right. Let's let's boil it down, though. Is that I want Philip to succeed? His yeah. wife's horrible. So do we. Everyone yeah. does. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. But then also, his neighbour is a complete tosspot who was blackmailing him. I want mm. him to go away as well, and I want Philip to succeed again. You know, it's. It, I mean, okay, maybe he's done mm. two murders, but he did them for the right reasons. Do you know what? <laughs> you, at this point, you're like, has it, what, I've definitely seen him kill that guy. I don't know if he killed his wife, but I don't care. I'm on his side. But the yeah. thing is, we're in such a moral whirlpool by this point. We've we seen just? him justifiably, perhaps, dispatch two people. At least mm-hmm. one, maybe two. But you can't help being on this guy's side. And the love of Ella Rain's character has been so yeah. pure and supportive all the way through. You're like, God, all I want them to do is get away. Which leads us to the film's finale. Now, oh yeah, I mean... I mean, how much do we discuss? Should we give people a spoiler warning? Because we need to discuss the ending, I'm mm. guessing. Okay. I, I say, if you haven't seen this, we go away and watch spoiler it warning. Yeah, yeah, go away and watch go it away now. And watch it's it only now. 85 minutes long. Go and watch it. Um, mm. Because we're going to spoil the crap out of the ending. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> you, you have to talk about the ending. There's no way you can get, get around it. 
Um, okay, so basically, what happened? This is this this film is what eighty years old. I, I think we're. Mm. Uh, I think I think we're safe from uh, spoilers. It, and statute of limitations. It is an undiscovered gem. I mean, even old Fair films uh, fans, I think, to a point, will you know there will be a few that haven't seen this yet. So pause it now. Go away and watch it. It's freely available online. Uh, and then come it back is. and so we can talk about it. Yeah. Yes, I, I, um, uh, I'm not. I'm not sure if we're supposed to advertise it, but I did actually find a full film on YouTube today, so mm-hmm. it is there. Should you wish to, to, should you wish to view it? If not, if you're a patron of Adams, it's in his library. So there you it's go. It's in my library. Yeah, you can watch that anytime. You can, <laughs> and it, and it's bloody awesome. But yes, let's let's talk about the ending, shall we? Okay. Now, Stanley Ridges, Chief Inspector, has been unable to successfully pin any kind of Cora murder on Philip Marshall. He's relying on Philip coming forward for some reason, right? Yes. Now, Philip and uh, Mary are on their way, is it to Canada? Yes. They're trying to move to Canada to begin a new life. So literally they're on the boat and they're on the way out of the country and there's no way uh, Ridge's character is going to be able to win now. Mm -hmm. So... There is a slight <laughs> twist, isn't there? There is. They've yeah. discovered the body of Gilbert. Mm-hmm. And they... Well, well, I think it's best if we say that Ridge's character comes onto the boat to wish them both a happy voyage and uh, that they have a great life and uh, a bright future ahead of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, and by the way, Gilbert has just been found. His body has been found. And yeah. it must have been his wife, Edith. She must yep. have done it after all those years of abuse. Anyway, ta-ta, have a lovely life. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. Yeah. It's it's glorious, isn't it? Mm. Because you get this wonderful ending. You, you get Philip and Mary. They're happy. He seems free <laughs> of won. all He's this. Done. He's done. They're He's off. won. That's yeah. it, but then of course you get this. Uh, you get the the lad from his shop turn up again, and, and you know he sort of gives him a present and he gives him a scarf, and it's all very sweet. Because um, when you get the 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 conductor on the boat, you know, yelling for for Philip, and it's sort of like, oh no, this is it. You know, they're going to put him in irons and take him off the boat. No, it's just a, it's just mm. the the lad who used to work for him. And it's like, oh, oh, great. Oh, it doesn't matter then, does it? And it's like, well, do you know what? I'm going to go to the bar. And it's like, well, fair play, mate. You know, you go you go and have a drink because you deserve it. You got away with it. And then lo and behold, the copper's there. Mm. But as you say, then he throws in another little twist and sort of going, no, no, you're in the clear because uh, y- your neighbor's clear. dead, but his wife killed him, so it's fine. But of course, Charles Lawton knows that isn't the case. And it's... It's the mental anguish he's going through of of thinking that his friend, albeit you know a distant friend who even though mm. they live next door, is going to get done for a murder that she didn't commit, mm. and it's the internal struggle that he has that he's going through while he's learning all this information, and mm. so much happens in the space of three two, minutes. three minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's um he, he basically has to accept the fact that this lovely beaten down trod upon person like he was uh is yep. going to now be hung drawn and quartered for a murder she didn't commit so he can either sail off to his new life scot free and live Forget with the guilt yep. or he can get off the boat and turn himself in 
as the real killer of Gilbert. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which will he choose? Hello there, Marshal. Hello, Inspector. You turn up everywhere, don't you? <laughs> yes, it does seem so, doesn't it? Are you uh, sailing or seeing somebody off? Sailing. Good. Marvellous country, Canada. I came down to see an old friend off, name of Pennyfeather. Look him up after you sail, will you? Unless he looks me up. What do you mean? You, you think that... Of course I do. Oh, nonsense. Forget it. That's water over the dam. Well, goodbye. And good luck. Thank you, Inspector. Oh, by the way, Marshal. Have you seen the afternoon paper? No. That neighbor of yours, that chap Simmons, you know? What about Simmons? He's turned up at last. You don't say so. Yes, really. I rather thought you'd be interested. Let's see now, where is it? Well, it wouldn't be there, I suppose. It's not important enough. Ah, here we are. There it is, buried at the bottom of the page, you see? Charlotte Simmons? Oh, quite. They fished him out of the canal behind the terrace. He was knocked about a bit, but it's him, all right. Oh, ghastly. Mm. Must have fallen in when he was tight. No, he was thrown in when he was dead. Do you mean to tell me he's been murdered? In cold blood. I can hardly believe that. Was he shot? No, he was poisoned in a pint of soy whiskey. Oh, that's shocking. Mm. Know who did it? Huh? Know who did it? Oh, yes, yes. Who? His wife. Oh, yes. Perfectly clear case. She had a motive, you know. He was a first-class rotter. You knew that. Used to knock her about. She admits it. And besides, there was a package of uh, insurance money coming to him. Oh, that's not possible. Oh, yes. Besides, she had the opportunity, you know. He was seen going into the house, but nobody saw him come out. And the stuff they found in his stomach was identical with some sleeping drug that uh, she had on hand. But that's absurd. That woman couldn't have dragged the body to the canal. Why not? It's only a few feet to the end of the garden. She wouldn't have had the strength. Oh, my dear chap. When it comes to finding strength or swinging. It won't come to that. No jury would convict that woman. They'll convict her without even getting out of the box. You realize she hasn't any alibi? Why, she was in the house the whole time. Oh, I say, I didn't mean to upset you. I I didn't dream that... Oh, she's innocent. Really? Do you have any proof? No, but one can't live next door to a person for eight years without knowing something about it. Oh, my dear Marshal, when it comes to knowing what's in other people's hearts... <laughs> oh, there's my man now. Well, goodbye, old chap. Now, don't let it worry you. It's no affair of yours, you know. Bon voyage. And, well, this is true. Hmm. Now, I remember a little bit of back and forth between the members of your, of your mm-hmm. film club where, when we were watching this uh, during the festival. And I still say, I wasn't, a, a lot of people didn't agree with me, but I still say that this film still has an ambiguous ending. Yes, it does. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Some people say, well, no, you see Charles Lawton coming down the gantry off of the boat, and that's mm. it. He's admitted his guilt. He's going to turn mm. himself in, like the police reckon when they see him coming down. Yeah. You don't see him come all the way down. You don't see him turn himself in. But you also don't see him turn around and go back on the boat. I reckon this this film is uh, e- that sorry. I reckon the ending of this film is 
what you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Either, either so, he turns himself in or he goes back on the mm-hmm. boat and lives happily ever after. So Stanley Ridge's inspector and his constable are waiting like in a horse-drawn carriage thing at the bottom of the boat ramp and yeah. uh, they're having a conversation and the constable says something along the lines of, oh, it didn't work then, sir. And he says, yeah. no, I guess not. There are no honest men in the world, blah, blah, blah. And then in the distance, you see Charles Lawton's character coming off the boat and walking towards mm-hmm. him. And he says, maybe I was wrong. And he sort of stands there and opens the door as if to say, come on, son, in you get. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. Now, it could be that... This is the interpretation that I see when I see that okay. film, uh, when I see that ending. I think he he knows he killed Gilbert, mm-hmm. and he doesn't want Edith to swing for it. So he's going to go down and admit that. No ending in the world. It does not come down definitively on whether or not he killed his wife. So it doesn't, True. does it? He doesn't. Nope. He doesn't say, you know, I'm owning up to both murders. He doesn't nope. say you know, anything. So I'm wondering if Gilbert hadn't died, whether we would have had a very different ending. But I don't. <laughs> <laughs> if Gilbert hadn't died, if he just knocked him out and got on the boat, would we have found out? It's hmm. just a very poetic, enigmatic way of ending the film because he's either owning up to both murders or just the Gilbert murder. We never find out whether or not he killed Cora. That's all subject. True. But then there's also, well, there's also the line, um, which I think is quite pivotal uh, towards that, which is that when the inspector uh, buys uh, Gilbert a drink in the the restaurant and sort of says, oh, well, your neighbor is a suspect in the the death of his his wife. And then when he goes to, to blackmail Philip and he says, oh, well, I heard everything. And Philip says, no, you didn't. And he and Gilbert freely admits he says no, I didn't. But who's going to know? Because the police told me. That's that's a pivotal line in this. Is that Gilbert mm. didn't know anything? No, he he really didn't. It was information he was given to uh, given by the policeman. So mm. that means everything in that whole story. I think Philip should have focused on that a little bit more. I mean, I mean that's being very picky, but uh, but maybe he should have done. But. You're right, though. At the end of the film, you still don't know if he killed his wife or not. Hmm. And that's how interesting is it, though, brilliant. that we have a film from eighty years ago that we're able to have a discussion like this about because everything was so clear cut in those points. You know, the, the people who committed anything were not allowed to get away with it according to the code. Yet here we are, eighty years later, able to have yep. an interpretive conversation mm-hmm. about: Did he do this? Did he do this? Is he doing it because of this? It's a really brave yeah. film because of that. It's like that. Um, it's like that Dickens story, isn't it? That never got finished, and they had to Edwin have a Drews. real life. That's yeah. the one. It's they had to have a real life court session over it to yeah, see yeah. who was. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like that. Guilty. You know, it's yeah. yeah. It's it it's still being debated now, and uh, and that's that's fascinating. So yeah, as you say, you know, eighty odd years later, and we're we're still talking about it. Mm. I mean, that's that's the power of a really good piece of. Of, of art so it is very word. clever and I'm lo- I love the fact that Robert Ziodmack must have thought to himself now do I have him walking all the way down to the coach yeah. and saying here you go I'm guilty blah 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 he doesn't it's all interpretive as you say he might have been getting off to say I just want to wish you good luck one more time yep. you don't know and it's extraordinarily no. effective because it's so interpretive I'm very very impressed yeah as you say he could have been 
he could have been looking for the copper to say goodbye one more time. He could have been looking for the delivery boy to say, oh, do you know what? I hope you have a good life. Here's some money, whatever. Mm. He could have been doing anything. Mm. And we just we just don't know. And ultimately, uh, the amb- ambiguity of whether he killed his wife or not is what's going to make this film live on and create discussion, I think. And mm. when you said earlier that this is a lesser known film, mm. uh, I, it, it needs to be known more, I, I, I think. 100%. I, I, I usually get annoyed with films that don't tie up their loose ends because I think to myself, well, you know, we're not going to get a sequel to this. So please tell me <laughs> please tell me everything I need to know so that I can go away satisfied. But with this, I'm completely satisfied. I am completely satisfied yeah. because the first time I saw this, I was like, well, that's that answered. And then the more I thought yeah. about it, it was like, was it answered? Or is that me yeah. projecting what I want to be answered onto that solution? Mm. So um, I think it's incredibly clever. And I, I'm really, really surprised that this film is not more widely regarded and widely known. Yeah. It's it's Very fantastic. Nice yeah. yeah. I was just thinking then, it was sort of like, you, you come across things, you know, especially online, you know, films that, that people say shouldn't have had a sequel or films that should have had a sequel because mm-hmm. there was more to be told. Um, no, you can't sequelize this. It's impossible. Not, what, yeah. what, what are you going to do? Show him in Canada being happy. Yeah. That's boring. <laughs> you know? Or son, you, or you of, then carry... Son of the suspect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Son of it, like it. <laughs> the, the suspect of revenge. But no, you can't yeah. do that. And um, Invisible suspect. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> <That's> nice. <laughs> you just... That's good. That's strong. And suspect um, meets the wolf no. man. Yeah. yeah that kind oh, of now you're talking. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But yeah. no, you can't you can't sequelize this film because well, granted it's eight years old, so you can't and there's no need to. But um, but I'm going to stick with my uh, original uh, hypothesis that easy to remake. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you could totally remake this, and you know, not Victorian times either, because I I think uh, there it, it, I think the social mores of the time, because it was Victorian times and they were stuck in marriages. I don't think. Yeah. I, I think that's transferable. I think if poverty is keeping you in a situation, Absolutely. then you have to stay there. I think if your family situation is keeping you in a situation, then you, you have to stay there. I think it's totally transferable. I'd love to see a remake of this. It'd be really good. Agreed. Agreed. Who would you put in? Uh, because John Candy's dead, who would you put in uh, Charles Lawton's role? I would put someone, you know, who's a little bit older, a little bit perhaps mm. not so matinee. I'd like put someone like a John C. Riley in there. Maybe meeting a Florence Pugh, that kind of thing. You know, that kind of dynamic, you know, where she's a lot younger yeah. and, a, you know, people wouldn't ordinarily put them together. Um, yeah. Totally I, I'm, I'm going to go with someone we mentioned before. How about uh, Brendan Gleeson? Brendan Gleeson would be fantastic in this, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't he just. Yeah. yeah. Who, who would you put in uh, Cora's role? That vicious. Oh, goodness me. Judy Dench would be fantastic in this one. Can you imagine oh. Judy Dench and Brendan Gleeson? You know, or damn, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I, I, mean, I was going to try and pick one of my own, and now I don't need to. Wow, <laughs> you've knocked down the head. Well done. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't beat that. No, I'm keeping mine to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Who would you put in the Henry Danielle role? Ooh, okay. So it needs to be someone. Quite cocky, a bit slimy. Mm. Mm. 
that's a very good. Oh, Chris Evans, you could go with. He like yeah. his character from uh, Knives Out, that kind of yep. cocky, slimy. Maybe he's too good looking to be a sort of, you know, abusive husband. Maybe for Hollywood standards. I, I like Tom Burke. I think he would be really good. Um, that's a really. Have you good seen? Show. You know what I mean. That kind of really oily. Mm. Oh, he's not oily and everything, but uh, he, no, he, he plays Cormoran Strike in the Strike series and. Um, I've seen him in a couple of things lately. And I thought I think he's brilliant, so he'd be mm. great. Yeah, um, or um, uh, actually, oh no, I've got one. Uh, oh, I'm gonna have to look up his name because I can't remember it. Bear with me two seconds. He was in Game of Thrones. Um, oh damn it, Irish bloke. Uh, Aidan Gillen. I've just see- yes, I've just seen him mm. in uh, Mirror of Kingstown. Aidan Gillen, perfect. Mm. Yeah, there you go. Kate Winslet he's- as his wife as well would be fantastic. <gasps> oh. God, we've just made such a good movie. Let's let's rewrite this film now, Smokey. Let's do it. Let's let's really do it. Stop messing around. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. What about the um, the weird giggling girl? Who would you cast as that? <laughs> God blimey. Um, <laughs> well, who plays Who plays Moaning Myrtle in the Harry Potter films? Surely someone. I've never seen them, so I couldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> We, we're, but we're, I, I think we're, we're, we're also forgetting that we need to find a part for uh, Amy Adams. That's just a given. So, yeah, my friend. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> anyway, Smokey, tell me what you thought yeah. of the suspect. Give it a rating. Oh, what, do you think? what a wonderful film! Uh, mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd seen it before, obviously, as we as we talked about previously. Um, yeah. And I'm I'm glad I'm glad I got to watch it again. And this is going to be one I'm going to revisit. Um, I don't normally say that about a lot of films that we watch, even ones that we rate out of ten. I'm I'm in no mm. hurry to to really go back to them. Uh, apart it's from very watchable the Devil film, Doll, of course. It? Yeah, uh, yeah. Apart from the Devil Doll and Brighton Strangler, but um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I I I'm. It's so watchable, and and this is this is one of those that I will be recommending to people. Um, we we recommended it to someone before we started recording, so um, yeah. So um, I'm I'm more than happy to to go back and watch this again. Um, it's wonderful. I I don't know what it is. I'm trying to work it out in my head why I can't, why I'm not going to give this a ten, and I'm I can't quite get there, but I will. But it's going to be a nine at the moment for me, a nine out of ten. There's something in my head that that won't push you up to ten, but it's it's a stupendous film. The the cast is out of this world. Uh, the pacing is absolutely brilliant, and yeah, it's what just what a great film. Yeah, sometimes you just watch a film and go, "That's really good," and more people need to see it. And uh, yeah, so it's a it's a nine out of ten for me. Cracking movie. Cool. How about you, my nice. friend? Oh, it's a total ten for me. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Like, I think it's Fair perfect enough. length. I think um, I don't think there's a single performance that's out of kilter or not, you know, is not perfect. Um, I think the moral whirlpool that keeps you emotionally attached to the film mm. is perfectly pitched. I don't think there's anything wrong with the story. Um, the direction is faultless all the way through, especially in scenes like Great. you say where Stanley Richards mm. is showing how he thinks the murder happened the ambiguity of the ending as well i think it's so unique because especially in that period everything had to be cut and dry and here you have 
a murder that's still outstanding on the books. We don't know. Um, yep. So you can talk about, like, say, 80 years later, we're still discussing, did he kill her, did he not kill her? Um, but yep. I think even if you come down one side or the other, you're satisfied. Mm-hmm. So I don't think there's, uh, there's nothing wrong with it. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it, and I think it, <laughs> as well as well as being a perfect a perfect film, I think um, it has that universal B movie sensibility to it all the way through. I think if it was released today, it would have swept the Oscars because I think people are looking for this kind of this this something this well written, something this inventive, okay. something this well played. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very rarely finding it in the cinema of today. Yeah. So, yeah, total 10 for me. 100% 10. Wonderful. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, please do. Um, yeah. And hope you uh, <laughs> he did our spoiler warning. Uh, if you didn't, <laughs> then it's your own fault. We take no I'm responsibility sorry. It's whatsoever. It's years old. <laughs> yeah. Take it on the chin. Yeah. <laughs> and as you heard at the start of the show, I don't like you anyway. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Editing that in later, are we? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> That's staying, that one. Okay. Well, before before we leave, um, normally I give Adam a choice of what to watch next time. Mm. Uh, but we already know what we're going to watch next time. And it's we a do. little bonus episode. Uh, we'll give our reasons behind what we're going to, to watch uh, in the next episode. But, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're going a little forward in time and uh, to, to 1956. And uh, we're going for some horror. I haven't yep. seen this film yet. Adam has. Oh, um, I have. Yeah. As you were tweeting about it last night. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, uh, yeah, I mean, we shouldn't really have to say any more reasons of why we're going to watch this, apart from the fact that it's All you need to do is name the cast. Mm. Basil Rathbone. I don't know why I went posh there. Basil Rathbone. Um, because it's Basil Rathman. Well, exactly. Uh, Lon Chaney <laughs> Jr. and uh, Bella Lugosi, and uh, your favourite, of course. Um, what's his name? Tor. What's his name? Tor Johnson. That's it. Tor and, Johnson, a- your favourite. And Akim Tamirov as well, who there is uh, we one of those one of those lovely, thick-accented old Hollywood lovable side characters. Uh huh. So we're mm-hmm. going to be watching The Black Sleep, um, mm-hmm. and all will become clear next time. Uh, next time we get together. Um, yes. But yeah, what a hell of a lot of fun to talk about the suspect, though. Good choice, my friend. Mm, no, yeah. Well, thank you for allowing me to talk about the suspect. Allowing? It's your show, too. It's not. It's your show. <laughs> it's, As the editing it's will show, prove. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> when I put in Iron Maiden every five minutes. <laughs> Well, it's going to be offset by Never the Twain next time I get to... <laughs> You've already done that. You've invaded us with ABBA. And now never I love the, the fact that my tastes are Never the Twain and ABBA. <laughs> I never and really knew that until up. now. <laughs> yep. Who, who knew that you were such so a... Holding a mirror. <laughs> middle-class white man. <laughs> no, Jesus Christ alive. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's get out of here. But we will be back soon with the big sleep. So I'm looking forward to that. Aye. And the big sleep. No, the, the, black black sleep. Black sleep. the black sleep. The <laughs> big sleep's a very different We can watch film. the big sleep if yeah. you want. Oh, God. We've already got enough to watch. Leave it there. Yes. All right. But, uh, yeah, well, uh, all that remains to be said, my friend, is... Uh, all the best. Liney, liney, lines. Liney, liney, lines.
<laughs> it could be a bloody long episode. <laughs>